0: Welcome to the President and CEO Focus on the Middle Market podcast series, where President and CEO founder Paul Stufel discusses middle market issues with business leaders from across the nation. Today, in part two of a three part series, Paul speaks with Alan Sharpstein, President and founder of the DAC Group, a 30 year old middle market investment banking firm, about the needs and prospects of middle market owners considering a sale or recapitalization.
1: I'm not quite sure how educated a lot of uh, owners are about the concept of a recapitalization where, whereby you know the phrase taking a second buy at the apple uh comes in you know where you can where you can take some money off the table you can diversify your personal wealth um and yet maintain a stake in the business and continue running the business um is that is that becoming more accepted or or perhaps it's always been widely accepted i don't know but, it, but given the circumstances that you just described i would think that would be a very attractive thing for the the 49 year old uh to <laughs> to take advantage of what do you think
0: oh uh, you you're absolutely right uh this is for younger owners sometimes the best of all worlds uh it really allows someone to possibly hedge their bets, take dollars off the table, but not really exit the business. Um, And I think that is a a very attractive option for certain business owners. Uh, It also allows them to do certain other things. Uh, Besides taking the dollars off the table, it allows them to fund the expansion of their business or the growth of their business uh, without doubling down on their risk of, of investment in their business. Um, so when you put those things together, uh, it really becomes a very, very attractive scenario uh, for certain for certain people. Uh, the other thing that is often brought to the table, for example, if you are doing one of these, uh, egg, these partial exits, uh, often you are also bringing into the company at that same time more than just dollars. You're bringing in certain expertise to help you build your company to the next level understand how to grow it in a different way, develop the uh, expertise to do acquisitions, uh, to be better funded so you can take certain risks or take advantage of some opportunities that you might otherwise not be able to take advantage of. So if you combine all of those options together, uh, that can be a very, very attractive opportunity for someone who is too young to retire, wants to take some money off the table, thinks it's a really opportune time in the marketplace, uh, but doesn't really want to fully exit the business.
1: Now, is is that the kind of thing that? Because um, you had mentioned previously the the amount of money sitting in private equity funds right now, um, and and that's from my understanding that's a pretty hefty chunk of dough. And there's also a lot of money on the strategic side, but that's that's a little bit different. Usually, it's as I understand it anyway. It's 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 typically private equity firms that are doing. You know these recaps whereby you you know whereby you buy they buy a, a a controlling stake the the owner gets to retain a certain amount uh and the and the owner continues to to run the business um you know the the i would think that the the uh, the fact that there is that money on on that side and the and the ability to maintain uh sort of a consistency of management and strategic vision uh, would be a pretty attractive thing on the the private equity side as well or am i am i m- misreading that
0: no you're you're absolutely on target. The private equity firms love situations where management wants to stay on board, has faith in the business has a plan to move the business forward, and what they're at what they're lacking is potentially some dollars and uh potentially some expertise to do that. The fact that you have ownership that has skin in the game, that is continues to be dedicated to the business, is an essential element of the formula that private equity firms believe are necessary for them to be successful in an investment. So uh, if we have those various characteristics uh, surrounding a transaction, odds are it's going to be very attractive to, pri- to the private equity investors.
1: Sure. Now you know when you obviously you deal with a lot of owners who have obviously a variety of of desires, uh, plans, etc., um, and 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 certainly a lot of quirks. Because that's just the nature of this marketplace, isn't it? The um, I guess one of the the challenges, and I've actually I run into this with a couple of of owners that that I that I know that have gone through that very thing and um, the only complaint should they like the liquidity they get that's a great thing they like to be able to still be in the business and and, and push their dream forward Um, but one of the downsides that that they always identify is that they're not used to dealing with a partner particularly a controlling partner um, in terms of, of, you know, the kind of, of requirements that a private equity firm, for instance, would would put in place. I mean, obviously, private equity firms use leverage, and, you know, there are certain milestones that one has to hit, and there are certain ways of doing things. I mean, do, has that, do you see that as sort of being a significant downside, and, and, and sort of, you know, how do owners deal with that in your experience?
0: a great question. One of the challenges, or one of the objectives that an uh, investment banker should have in dealing with a client and trying to understand uh, the options that are available is really explaining to those clients what the pros and cons of all the different investment and exit and acquisition options are for a business. Uh, not every business owner is meant to have a partner. And for those who aren't, there are certainly options available that make a lot of sense. Those, for example, may be better off selling a business to a strategic who is going to combine it with another business and allow the allow the owner to exit that business quickly with a lot of cash in his pocket, but exit it quickly because it would be too straining on that owner to be part of a larger uh, a larger organization. What what you find in transactions, and we do a lot of work following up with business owners post-transaction, talking to them about what are the best things of the transaction and what are the most frustrating aspects of the transaction. The single most frustrating aspect of a transaction for a business owner who is used to being an entrepreneur and is used to reporting only to himself is the fact that he has to report up instead of just reporting down. In the past, uh, when a business owner owns a business independently, he would make the right what he felt was the right decisions for that business, implement them and deal with the positive and negative aspects of those decisions. The fact that that business owner now with a controlling partner has to explain why he is making a particular decision and what that investment thesis is is often a very frustrating uh process for him, especially when decisions are not made on a uh on an immediate or an expedited basis. And sometimes those quick decisions were the key to a business's success. So you really have to look very carefully at whether you are picking the right solution for a business owner, number one. And number two is really picking who that partner might be. Because there are different partners, even with among private equity firms, there are different approaches to business, to independence, to decision making processes. And this, very much like a marriage, it involves picking the right party, and marrying rich is not always the right solution. So sometimes picking just, the, uh, just what appears to be the highest number is not necessarily the best decision. Be sure and check back tomorrow for Part 3 of our series. Thanks for listening.